0: Hi and welcome to the Faith That Does Justice podcast, the official podcast of campus ministry at John Carroll University. Join us this semester as we hang out with some of your favorite faculty, staff, and alumni as we try to figure out what it means to live out a faith that does justice. I'm Ann McGinnis, and I'm joined today by Lucia Bonacci, graduated in 2020 from John Carroll. She was president of LABRA, which is what we're mostly gonna talk about today. And she currently lives in Pittsburgh, PA, working for the Children's Institute of Pittsburgh. And, She works mostly with uh, children with autism and hopes to get her board certified behavior analyst, um, BCBA um, in the future. So Lucia, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome, how are you? I'm good, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. It's so fun to reconnect. Um, Lucia and I worked together for more than two years as on the Carol Faith communities. Lucia was on the board. So we got to know each other really well. And this we is some nice. fun times. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Um, and I I get I get asked a lot about Labra just from like incoming students or people that want to get involved. And it's related to campus ministry, but it's not a program that campus ministers run. So we actually don't know, or I don't know that much about it. Um, So I thought this podcast would be helpful to anybody interested in going on LABRA. But before we get into LABRA, I was hoping you could start with a prayer. We ask everyone on the podcast to sort of start with a prayer poem and then tell us why you chose that piece
1: yeah so i thought it would be fitting to say the prayer that we say every friday before labra Um, so this prayer we say before we head out we're in the chapel and then we say an abridged version of this prayer at the end of the night as we pray for each person that we see and especially those that we didn't see that night so take a moment to center yourself saint benedict joseph labra you gave up honor money and home for love of jesus Help us to set our hearts on Jesus and not of the things of this world. You lived in obscurity among the poor in the streets. Enable us to see Jesus in our poor brothers and sisters and not judge by appearances. Make us realize that in helping them, we are helping Jesus. Show us how to befriend them and not pass them by. St. Benedict Joseph Labra, you have great love for prayer. Obtain for us the grace of persevering prayer, especially adoration of Jesus and the most blessed sacrament. St. Benedict Joseph Labra, poor in the eyes of men and women, but rich in the eyes of God, pray for us.
0: That's beautiful. I love the part about friendship. So why did you choose it?
1: Yeah, so we say this prayer every Friday before we leave for Labra, and it's been a prayer that's been said every Friday since Labra started. Um, And I think this prayer is just so beautiful in asking for our hearts to be on Jesus and not the things of this world. And in that way, we're able to see the people in the street as Jesus as well. Um, so that's what I really like about the prayer. That's and, awesome. And it's sort of like yeah. a mission
0: statement almost for what it you is.
1: Know. And it is, you know, like Labra, I think, is all about like seeing Jesus and our brothers and sisters, but also seeing ourselves in them. Um, and so that prayer kind of encapsulates that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And, you know, we're
0: here to talk about LABRA, but also life in general with Lucia. (laughs) Um, And so I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit um, about what LABRA is and how you got involved and sort of how it just became part of your life on campus, because I know it was such a big part of your JCU experience. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think LABRA is one of the greatest things that we have at John Carroll. It's actually one of the things that led me to going to John Carroll in the first place. I was looking for somewhere that was very strong in service because in high school, I realized that's where my heart lies is in service and um, reach, you know, having true encounters with people. And so when I was on tour, they mentioned Labra and I'd never worked with a homeless population before. And that was something that just really fascinated me that I. Um, During law where you go out into the streets to these people, but instead of other organizations where people come to you, you go to people. So we go to their homes, we go to where they're staying that night, we go to places where we know they will be. Um, And so in that way we're entering into their lives instead of them entering into our, like they're entering into ours, we're entering into theirs. Um, But we're not, we're trying to get rid of the barrier of having a table between us and we're trying to get rid of the barrier of us helping them. Um, and that it's really just a relationship between two people that are meeting and encountering each other and trying to grow and learn and love each other.
0: I think sometimes students feel like, oh, well, I've never, you know, worked in a soup kitchen before. I've never volunteered Mm -hmm. with the homeless population. Like, how could I do something like this? You know, Um, right. It's great to hear that you had no experience prior as well. So. I did
1: not. I, the first week I was ever at John Carroll because like I knew about Labra. I went the first, the very first Friday, which was like, I don't know. I, a lot of people were going to like the meet the new students things. And then I went <laughs> on Labra for five hours. I was like terrified. I didn't know anyone. I think that's so important. Like, even if you don't know anyone, just go because like the yeah. people you meet, even in the van, um, that's the cool thing about LABRA is you go out in these two vans with 10 groups of students in each van. And the night is really about like, there's a saying we say in our rules before, you know, like, in order to build community in the streets, you have to build community in the van. Um, that. Yeah, so it's really getting to know the people in the van and who you're going to be working alongside the night, um, which is really cool. I. I've loved every person I've met on Labro. Like oh. people are so cool. And like all the different stories in the van, that's like some of the fun times too, or just like being in the van, everyone's laughing, sing along to some music and really, you know, all having one focused goal. That's like awesome. That's great. And at what point do
0: you like, do you do the cooking? I know, does everybody do the cooking or just some
1: of the people? How does that work? Oh, so, So we have a main cook. For labra so they set up you know a few people that will help them and then we also open it out to the people who are going on labra that week and to people who can't make it on labra um so generally i was the cook for two years and so i would start the cook is, in, is responsible of going shopping so i would start going shopping around 12 p.m and i would shop and then start cooking around 132 uh, and then we leave at five you have to start early because there's a lot of food to make yeah and so sometimes you have help and sometimes you don't which is you know being the cook for labra the, whoever the cook is at any time is i don't know i give such props to them because there were times when i was there by myself and had to do everything And all know, the sometimes for memories, yeah oh, and all the cleanup we um i think the cool thing too is we you know invite people to come and help prepare the food i really see labra as a five-hour prayer and then Aww. for me, it was like prayer before that and really trying to be intentional about making, when you're making the food and like thinking of the people you're making it for. Oh, that's trying beautiful. To like all that love into that. Um, and really trying to, you know, find encounter in the ordinary too. Awesome. Just, you know, cutting the vegetables. I love that. Things, washing I do the that in my own house. As I make <laughs> 15
0: meals a day
1: here. I know. <laughs> well, it's like, there is, um, Anyone who knows me knows I love Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. um, Mama T, as I call her. Uh, but <laughs> she has this beautiful quote, I and mean, it's you know, wash the dishes not because you're told to or because you ought to, but because you love the person who will use it after you. Oh, gives me. I love that. I know that is like my favorite quote, my favorite prayer, my favorite intention mm-hmm. I've ever heard. I think. And I think that just like encapsulates a lot of what Labra is and what service is, is that you're not doing it because, you know, your religion tells you to or you think you should because you'll be a good person, but it's because you love the person who you're serving and you love, you know, the people who you'll meet and also because you love yourself because you're also giving this gift to yourself. Um, so that is Powerful. You know, what I try to be intentional and what I encourage, like everyone who comes to cook or help prepare for Labra um, to be intentional about that. I love that,
0: and I love that you know as as John, our boss, says we always work with the willing. You know, no, you're not in mm-hmm. high school anymore. You don't have to get your hundred service hours for right order to graduate. You know, you're only coming if you truly want
1: to. That's uh, so true. And we've had people who have come just for service hours because, you know, with different sororities, you have to have so many service hours. And you know, Labra people say it's an easy way to do it because it's five hours knocks out your service requirements. <laughs> But the coolest thing I think is that people come back and they That's come awesome. because it's like an obligation, but then they keep coming back because they really love it. Right. And, you know, I just, if I could spread my love to people about Labra, like I will, I could talk about it for days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so great. I'm so glad it was such a formative experience for you too. Yeah. So, you know, I do encourage people who are listening to get started, you know, as soon as we're back up and running. So on the podcast we um, also ask everyone to share just a bit about of your a bit about your spiritual background. Um, you mentioned your affection for Mother Teresa, but just you know a bit about your history so people know the journey I think that took you to Labra.
1: Yeah, I so I was raised Catholic and I was never really involved in my faith growing up. It was always kind of in the background. Uh, my mother is very religious. My family's very religious. Um, but I think a lot of times that kind of pushes you away from it as you're trying to like branch out and find meaning for yourself. So I, going into high school, I had a friend and she came from a non-denominational church and I went to her church a couple times. And then I, um, she invited me to go on a service trip with her. And so I was like, I'm not going, that's stupid. I, <laughs> That's going to be like dirty. I'm going to get dirty. <laughs> um, and it was actually to Jamaica, which is like, you know, Uh-oh. it's a country that holds such a special place in my heart. But so I was not going to go. And then it was almost like God was stalking me about it because I, well. I would like see stuff about Jamaica. And then like, and whenever I went to mass with my parents, a priest came and his whole thing was about like um service and you know trying to get people to donate you know he was just talking about service and how like we're called to service uh so i was really not allowed to escape the idea of going so (laughs) so i i went and it was the most formative trip of my life and i think i can't talk about my faith without talking about service and about you know accompanying others because for me that just is such a huge part of my faith Um, that's where I find Jesus that's where I think I meet him and where he meets me and so um, after that trip I you know I couldn't stay in that comfortable place of not reaching out of not practicing my faith like I had such an eye-opening experience with God that I had to keep trying to find ways to make myself uncomfortable in order to grow closer to him so that led to one thing and I went on a couple other trips and really like my love for Jesus just grew through that and through service. That's awesome. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah. And if you could share maybe some of your, well, it makes me think of like the immersion program, how we're always pushing people outside of their comfort zone. And, you know, um, I remember in college, I tell myself like every day, do one thing that sort of scares you, you know, maybe talk to somebody, That you don't know or join a club that you never ever thought about before or try a new sport or like you know just it's right just try new things that sort of right you and And i think think like
1: and i think like regardless of like if you're doing it for like a spiritual reason or because Mm -hmm. like you want to find god in it whatever like that teaches you who you are and like who you want to become too is like when you do branch out Exactly. As cliché as that is,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and like our high school experience, we're only exposed to so much, like mm-hmm. in this town or this group of people at our high school. And there's a whole world to explore, so it's fun in college, right? So.
1: Yeah, the immersion so, programs actually were like my, you know, like I thought of service as like doing rather than being, and then I went to Ecuador on an immersion to Richard de Cristo and. Prior to this, I'd already been on Labra and like my whole entire idea was I have to get as much food out to people, as many clothes, like we gotta feed the most people, clothe the most people as we can. And then going on that trip, like it was like a huge switch. Like I then realized like service is really about being. And wow. you know, people will get fed, people will get clothed, but people really need like social interaction, especially these people who like are so often passed by without like a second cursory glance. You know, they're like made to feel invisible by society. And, you know, these people are starving, but they're also very starving for affection and for love and for, you know, communication with others. You know, it's a very isolated community that doesn't get that social interaction with people who aren't in that community um, with the rest of society. So it like really changed my whole perspective. So I also like really recommend the immersion program at John Carroll. What a great realization to have.
0: I love that. So thinking to Labra, could you share with us maybe some of your favorite stories? I, I think some of our listeners might like to know, you know, some events or names of people or what do you what do you think back on when you think about your time um, in Labra and as president of Labra too?
1: Yeah, I think the people are like my favorite people. I've always kind of felt in my life very... Um, Like I didn't fit in, like, you know, like not really having a place, lonely, things like that. And when I was on Labra, like I've never felt more at home, more at peace, more like I belonged, um, which is something so special. And that's because of the people that, you know, are on the streets. Like I think there's this idea that these people aren't real humans. They have some sort of issues. That's why they're homeless. They don't work hard enough. You know, there's a lot of stigmatization around that that's just not the truth and um these people are like the nicest most hospitable people i've ever met um there's this one man we see and and i'll refrain from using names just because we try not to use names because a lot of times on the streets that's how they're known and if you know their name you know where they live so we try to respect their privacy Mm -hmm. as much as possible but um this one guy we see he is ingenious he is so smart he has built this whole entire like house shower kitchen area in the woods and he like rigged a a shower system for himself oh it's so cool and he like lives by a drain hole a manhole Mm -hmm. something like that and it's like 40 degrees cooler and so that's where he keeps like all his refrigerated stuff in the summer. And I like think to myself, like, I would never think to do that. Really? A lot of the times, like when I'm out here, like, and people say the things they do, how they do things, I like have this realization, I could never do this just because I don't think I'm smart enough to like figure out how to live like right? out in this, out in this world. And these people have like come up with these ingenious ways, but his home, um, it is the most comforting place that you will ever go. I've never felt more welcomed in my life. You know, you think of these homes that these people have and you don't think they're homes just because they don't look like the houses we live in. But like, I've gone into houses where I have just felt not welcomed at all. And like, kind of like, oh, I have to put on certain airs. I have to be like, whatever. And his house, like I felt more welcome there than any house I've walked into. Um, And just being able to like be yourself and joke around and laugh. Uh, he is one of those people. I also have a friend, he would write me poetry every week. Uh, <laughs> I would get poetry from him every week. And that was like, I would look forward to it. I have a whole wall in my room now that I just have put up all his poetry um, that he's given me. He's given, he like, one time I wasn't there for a couple weeks. I said I wasn't going to be there. And he like wrote me a whole spiral notebook full of poems <laughs> when he saw me again. <laughs> but um these, like, they do not make sense at all, and I think the other thing, like, my favorite thing about Labra is, like, I'm convinced you meet God, you meet an angel sometime on mm-hmm. Labra, like, if you're pay- paying close enough attention, like, you'll meet him, and, like, him in particular, I think, is an angel, is Jesus on earth, because his poems, and when he talks, he makes no sense whatsoever, but he'll ask you to pray with him. And when he prays, it is the most eloquent prayer. And it makes so much sense. And it is so deep hitting at whatever you're feeling Mm -hmm. like that week, what you're going through in those moments. I, it's amazing to me. Like, I, I don't know, you get touched so deeply by these people and, Mm -hmm. you know, just those little encounters of Oh, like, will you pray with me? Oh, like just laughing, joking, like you would with your friends. <laughs> like those are my favorite moments from Labras. like when we're just laughing. Um, I, <laughs> this one, this one dude, he has, uh, he had a cat and he thought like, I would like joke with him like, oh, I'm going to steal your cat. And the funny thing is like the homeless population is very small. And so another man, uh, before I left to study abroad in Italy, he actually gave me a baby kitten that his oh. cat had <laughs> so when this dude whenever I told her I was going to steal his cat he was like I know you will because <laughs> like, oh like he knew way. like I would bought a cat from this other dude <laughs> oh <my laughs> so God. he would just tease me constantly about it and I would tease him right back
0: and, and raise the cat like did you take the <laughs> yeah cat?
1: she's at my house she's no a little way. black cat yeah I she was three weeks old so we had to like bottle feed her and um everything but it's funny my mom she's like oh you dumped this cat on me and left for (laughs) it so she she ended up having to like bottle feed this cat while I was away
0: oh my gosh that's a good story though you'll always remember that that friend of yours right Cat.
1: that's yeah
0: Well, I never knew like a lot of the inside details of Labra, but I did know from conversations with you, Lucia, how selfless you were, um, oh. <laughs> especially in your regard to Labra. I remember talking in my office and you were just like, well, yeah, I mean, I drove every every week from Pennsylvania to Cleveland the you know, <laughs> whole summer long to cook food on my own, mostly cooking the food and delivering it. To keep keep lobber going. And I'm like, wait a minute. You drove from PA to Cleveland to cook all day and then drove back exhausted. You're like, yeah, I would get
1: home at like midnight, one. I'm like, what? Yeah. I I one time, (laughs) I one time didn't tell my mom I was coming home after and I showed up at like 5 a.m. and she's like, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> I like scared her <laughs> so
0: bad. So that is just such dedication that has stuck with me. Like that story really <laughs> has stuck with me out of all of the best stories that I've heard at John Carroll. Um, it really has. So I, when we think about, you know, what a faith that does justice means, like, I feel like this dedication um, is really at the heart of, of a faith that does justice. So can you tell us more about where you get this motivation and drive to serve, not only when it's convenient, when you can just hop on a bus at John Carroll, but, you know, when you have to drive across state lines, you know, on yeah.
1: Your summer <laughs> brief, so, yeah, I mean, that's the coolest thing about labor is that, You know, it's not just an after school, after college classes activity, is that it goes all year round. It even goes on holidays, um, Mm -hmm. on breaks. If Christmas falls on a Friday, there will be John Carroll students out there serving. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it is so cool. I it's just like really like you said, that faith that does justice, you're not just there for when it's convenient to you or when the school's in session, but you're there every week, no matter what, um, there are times we like went when it was snowing, like people have taken their own cars before, you know, and went. But I think, you know, we're called to have a living and breathing faith. Um, Pope Francis says this very often, and that can't happen when we're just sitting with ourselves. Um, We have to like instead sit with others to do that. I firmly believe that that were like called to go out and accompany others, but also let them accompany you. And I think that was that's what drives me is these experiences that I've had on Labra where I've, you know, mm-hmm. gone out thinking I'm going to accompany someone, but then they accompany me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just feeling so comfortable, like I touched on before. And like, I felt like I belong there um, and just feeling totally at peace there. Like I, like I said, that's where I find God the most. And so that's what motivates me. I like heard this quote once where it was like your purpose, like your calling is where the earth's deep hunger and your happiness lives. And so, you know, there's deep hunger there in that population. And that's where my deep gladness is. So that's what motivates me is just that I love it so much. And I love these people so much and I, and I want to be with them. It's like, you know, it's not like, it never felt like a burden to go out. Um, And I think when you truly find like, you know, your purpose, your calling, it never does feel like a burden. You know, there's times when you're tired, when you're like, oh, but it's never a burden. Um, and so that's I think what motivated me oh, to keep that's going.
0: Beautiful. Gave me goosebumps.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> thank you. I I don't know. I like in my I in my little way, that's like how I'm thinking you about know, it. find yeah. myself. Which is why the practice is so
0: fun. We get to have these conversations, you know, make a space to have these, have these great spiritual conversations. Yeah. So a practical question, um, downtown Cleveland doesn't always strike me as the safest place to go on Friday (laughs) night. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure some students or parents of students might be worried about safety. So how might you respond um, to folks who are concerned about safety issues? And maybe what advice do you have for students who want to get involved, but also do feel a little nervous about it?
1: Yeah, I first I'll say my mom, when I first started doing this, she was like, you're doing what? Like, my family was like, you're going out at night. In downtown Cleveland, like <laughs> under bridges in the woods, like till sometimes 1 a.m. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but um I have never once felt unsafe. Never once. And I think that's because the people we're around are just so kind. I always say this story, like, they're so hospitable that I, you know, once you get to know these people and you love them, they also love you. Oh. And that's like the coolest thing. I, um, I've been told by numerous people experiencing homelessness living on the streets, like if you're ever scared, if you're in Cleveland alone and you don't feel comfortable, call me and I'll come walk you to where you need to be. I'll come wait with you until, you know, someone comes to pick you up or whatever. And then even times on Labra, like a lot of times it will just be some girls Um, in a van and you know that's very scary in today's world to be like girls going out right you know just the way the world is and there have been some just outstanding men that we've met um, on Labra that have walked us and said I'm staying with you until you get to your next stop and have like been with us so I think you know feeling unsafe like that's completely valid concerns but Mm -hmm. it's not unsafe I don't think. And like the people really care about you and are there trying to ensure your safety as well. Um, And we also we're very cautious about where we go. Um, There are some places. So we work with Northeastern Ohio Coalition for the Homeless, NEOC.
0: Right.
1: And we'll go to meetings with them and we like roundtable all the organizations will roundtable about where people are living, who's doing what, who needs what you know, where are we going? And there are some places that we have decided just not to go because we're not equipped to deal with the situations that might be happening in that neighborhood. We're very smart with where we go. If it is a group of girls, there are some stops, we just won't go. Um, Or if there's a small group, we won't go to those stops. So we are very also cautious about our own safety. It's not just like, oh, we'll just go wherever. Like we're very cautious about where we're going, but also realizing that like, you know, staying safe, you know, isn't, I don't know, like, um, like the point of living isn't to stay safe. So that's really also where we feel like there's, there's a fine line we walk with it, but we do try to ensure our safety. That's good. That's really helpful.
0: Um, what, what are some role models in your life? They could be saints, present day people, um, just people you look up to and why.
1: Um, like I said before, Mama T, she is my girl. I, she has stalked me from a young age. (laughs) Um, she's like really stalked me. I, you know, whenever I like started diving into service, she was kind of there and I related to her so much. Um, you know, not many people know that like she was not like full of light all the time like a lot of people think oh she was a saint she had she had it easy she was loving these people she was doing service that's like a lot of people think service is like oh light and fluffy you feel good but when you like truly um you know meet people where they're at you enter into their mess as they're entering into yours and um you you know like it it's heartbreaking and it's it can be completely shattering. Like there are so many nights, like I just cried after Labra. Um, But it's also so beautiful to be able to sit with someone in their pain and to have them sit in yours as well. And so she kind of knew that better than anyone because she also, she went through a lot of pain. She went through dark nights. It's called like a dark night of the soul she went through where she just felt completely devoid of God, but that she kept going and she kept serving at the same time, and she kept doing her her daily life when she felt like the world was crumbling inside of her. It's just something so beautiful to me. I also think she's just so selfless, selfless, and that's something that sticks with me. Is like this is this is gonna be weird, so bear with me. But um, I once saw a picture of her feet, and <laughs> this is so weird. But uh, I once saw a picture of her feet, and there was. whole entire article about it where her feet are completely deformed like you would look at them and just looking at them it looks like they hurt and the reason behind that is they would get shipments of shoes for the people who were working there for the nuns the um people in her hospice care um everyone who needed shoes would get shoes and there would be correct sizes for everyone when it came down to her needing a new pair of shoes there was never the right size and yet she stuck she took those shoes and she wore them and she walked everywhere you know she walked miles and miles a day in shoes that were too small too big probably giving her blisters um you know completely destroying her feet like if you look up a picture they are destroyed and it is just something that has always stuck with me of like oh my gosh like this is someone who was as normal as can be. It's not like she had some superpower, but like she was like me. She was like everyone. And yet she had these, you know, these aching feet and she never complained. And I like think about like all the times I complain, oh, my feet hurt. I've been like <laughs> sitting on them too long or like even on lava, like you get tired, your feet hurt because you're, you are like you're up and out of the van walking. And ever since I saw that, I just like, it's really such a reality check, like, okay, like, I'm having pain right now, but it's not the end of the world. and you know I can offer it up or I can dwell in this pain. So you offer it up. and um, and so really just like anyone who selffully gives of themselves, like they're the biggest role models to me, like even just ev- like people in my own life who have done that. Um, you know, that. you witness them doing that, but it's just like, oh my gosh, like I want to be like that. And
0: I love that you have that image to sort of stick
1: with oh you. God. Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like I'll tell people that and they'll be like, what are you talking about? Like, like you're crazy. <laughs> but it's such like a powerful thing.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: And I always think like,
0: I'll have like a tiny little pain in my back or something like that. Yeah. And then I'll like, oh my gosh. And then you think about that. You're like, oh my right. God. Right. It mean, all like, in
1: perspective, you know? Right. It's like, is this really what I want to spend my energy on? Is like yes. complaining about this, being stuck in this. I know. There's like, I I think like Saint Benedict Joseph Waber even said like he has this response where it's like the more you suffer, the closer you are to Jesus. So like, oh, embrace the suffering and embrace the pain and kind of offer it up and you know your heart will grow and your heart will break, but it will heal too and it's beautiful, it'll be better.
0: I wish I could say that I am there, but I'm not there yet. Oh, I'm
1: not perfect at <laughs> it. I still complain. <laughs> but every time I complain, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, <laughs> I like, that's where I want to be. So that's like yeah, that's the inspiration. It's awesome. like, I want to be there. My it's grandma like, used to always say that. Offer it up. Offer yeah, it up. I know. That's what my mom would say. And it would annoy me so much. And then once I like understood it, I was like, oh, like, yeah, I should be okay. doing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's very
0: profound. Um, And it's a good reminder. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, As we sort of get ready to conclude here, I was wondering just what advice you might have for current students who are thinking about getting involved either in
1: labra or service in general. Um, Yeah. um, Start small. Like that is so cliche, but um you know start small with those around you with the things you're doing you know being very intentional about why you're doing what you're doing and ask God to give you a heart that serves I think that is like one of the best things you can do for yourself um because like he'll break your heart and like I think service like I've said before like it breaks your heart like when you're really in it and in with these people like your heart gets so broken um but like when you ask God for that heart that serves it breaks but he rebuilds it like there's um there's a line in Ezekiel that's like, you know, break my heart and, you know, break this heart of stone It'll rebuild in a more beautiful, better way, a heart that's breakable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is like one thing that I think is really important when you're going into service and to really like think about why you want to do service and how you're going to approach it. You know, don't do it because you want to go and help people, you know, do it because like you want to accompany them and you want to walk with them because you love them. Um so with that also find then like find what you're passionate about and what God calls you to with service. Um and you know, like go different things, experience different things, learn about different things, find something that you're really passionate about and let that guide you. And it will all fall into place. Um mm-hmm. but don't be afraid to branch out. But if you want to get involved with Labra, um, I would email labra at jcu.edu or you can go to their Instagram page and DM them because I think right now with the pandemic they're collecting masks and hand sanitizer oh, nice. and little food packages to be able to send out they're not doing their normal labor routes but they are still working with those in the homeless community um, trying to provide those things that these people don't have access to so reach out to them and see what you can do and then also reach out to NEOC Northeastern Ohio Coalition for the Homeless, and see if they have anything that you can get involved with, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, we ran for a few years uh, a Cleveland Immersion that worked directly with Northeast Ohio Coalition. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. And students came back really impacted. I've had so many students who went on Cleveland thinking, like, oh, I live here, you know, how much am I really going to learn? And one girl came back and she was like, I went to Honduras, but this experience in Cleveland like blew me out of the water.
1: Compared yeah. To I'm so a to firm believer. You can like, you can go to the ends of the earth and mm-hmm. looking for some sort of like aha moment or mm-hmm. some big experience, but like, you can also find it right where you're at. Like, and you know, like to, I also think like so many people are so focused on having this huge, big profound moment where like those moments can happen in the smallest of things you know to like really pay attention for them to look for them you know and not to I think the other thing with service is not to like have in your mind expectations about it like Mm. try to really go into it because like you know like finding those moments will happen like when you're not paying attention Mm. you know I I really like that's happened to me like things like profound moments have happened when I'm just not paying attention really then later on like, it'll hit me like, oh my gosh, that happened. Aww. um, But yeah, like just, you know, I, I think, like I said, like simplicity in the ordinary and the simple is really just like, you know, the most beautiful part about service is that it's not these huge moments that really like bond your heart to service. It's the small mm-hmm. ones that are so ordinary, but yet so profound. It's beautiful.
0: And I guess, you know, what I'm just curious, like about you, you know, you, you have this um, powerful experience, you're a president, you were so involved, um, and then, and then, you know, COVID-19 hit. I <laughs> <before> know. But <laughs> in quarantine, um, so it was a hard, it must have been a hard ending for you, um, you know, especially with all the relationships you had built.
1: It really was. It was something I really wrestled with for a while, Um, just because it was so, there was no closure with it. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: my heart was still aching for there to go on Fridays to see these people. Mm -hmm. Um, The cool thing is some of these people have like Facebook and cell phones. I still talk to these Uh, people occasionally. (laughs) I'm friends with them Um, on Facebook. It's funny because they'll like comment on stuff I'm tagged in. I'll get texts like, oh, who is this person? (laughs) Uh. Um, But it's great that like, you know, with this modern technology, being able to stay in touch with all these people. But it was something I really wrestled with. It was heartbreaking for me. Um, And I'm like finally at a place of peace about it. Um, I wanna get more involved with service here, doing some, finding something. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard though, because with where I worked, I didn't wanna expose myself to anything else Mm -hmm. um, and bring it into these kids. So I really haven't been doing anything with the homeless population here in Pittsburgh that's something I eventually do want to start doing is getting involved there
0: yeah once Um, the pandemic is over and yeah you don't have to be you know stay at home
1: or all yeah and not be so cautious with work and stuff because I you know I don't want to bring anything in there but I like you know I feel most myself whenever I'm with those people so yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to when this is all over.
0: That's awesome, good for you. I think this has been such a wonderful conversation, Lucia. I've really learned so much about you too. I mean, I've known oh, thank you for you. Four years, and I'm <laughs> learning all these cool new things.
1: I know I'm like private. I'm like not private. I'm like shy, so like, oh, <laughs> have a and I it's so quality. hard to like talk about myself. But this has really been um, talking about things that make you uncomfortable and <laughs> growing.
0: Well, thank you for sharing. You have a beautiful spirituality. I've just really loved hearing everything you had to share. And I know (laughs) our listeners will too. Oh, thank you. Yes. And, um, you know, maybe just pick your favorite, another favorite quote from St. Teresa, just to close us out here today. Do you have one you could share off the cuff?
1: Oh, I do. I do. (laughs) Um, I don't know it word for word, but she has this one quote that said, I used to pray that God would do this or that. That he would heal this person, take away someone else's pain, but now I know that prayer changes us and we change things. So it's Aww. that kind of like faith that does justice, like you know, love it. changes us, and then we go out to change things. <laughs> well, thank you, Lucia, and thanks everyone for listening. Stay
0: safe and have a really happy holiday and Merry Christmas. So we'll see you. Thanks. Later. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.